no. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spataro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go! I got nowhere else to go! I got nothing else. Fortieth anniversary gonna be reshown in theaters. I think see that. God damn straight. Think of the runtime of one hour and twenty minutes. I don't think that's right. What one hour and twenty minutes? What the hell? That can't be right. That I went is to the Fathom event. Right. I know it's not right. I went to the Fathom event thing to see if I could find where it's at. They don't show any postings yet, but it said runtime one hour and twenty minutes. I'm like, you're high. No flipping away. I mean, that thing's at least two hours, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's what I remember. Yep. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. How do they know which way we were going? <laughs> Did you see the, the video? Yes. That Andy got? Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> they hated it. They hated it. They hated Picard. Oh, not that video. The one that Andy posted. Oh, I thought it was the Picard one. That, that, that oh, it said watch no, the first no, no. 19 minutes of it. Oh, well, yeah, that one. But, oh, no, that's not what I was saying. Did you see the video that Andy put on my wall? No. Oh, maybe you should go look at my wall right now. I'm scared of what's on your wall. No, no, no. It's it's fine. You sh- you need It should be the first thing on my wall. Let me see. Let's when I see. click, it's... Billiam... Why is it not yep, it's yet? the first thing there. <laughs> You're still mentor, huh? Yeah. Oh, I it's, it's like it. uh. I can't. Hear All right, that. so hang on one second here. All right, shush for a minute, Scott. <laughs> Did you play it yet, Paul? Yeah. How about that, huh? That is so cool. That's Clem Fandango. Yes, that is that is awesome. Now it matches my shirt. <laughs> what was it? He, uh-huh. I guess he was at the uh, yeah the convention he went to. It was like the London one, but oh man, that 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 really brightened my day when I watched that. I mean, I was like, oh my god, because he said something. He was gonna. He was like, yeah, I, I was going to go see him, but he, but he was busy. He was doing a signing. So I think Andy actually paid to go to go get this done. Like, probably had to pay him a few shekels. But just asking him to do it in the first place is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott, you, you may speak now. Sorry we cut you off. That was just rude. <laughs> All right, so you, you, what do you have to say? 
Who? You. I'm not going to tell you now. All right, so Clem Fandango, huh? Hurt my feelings. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Clem Fandango. 93. I'm I'm blown away by it. I think that's so cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I, I was... I watched it. I think I've, I don't know how many times I've watched it now, but like when it first was up there, I was like, no way. No, I, I think I, I just said that out loud. I was like, are you f- kidding me? Holy shit. Now, how do you get a copy of this? So you got to ask Andy to send you a copy of it. Well, that's what I need to figure out how to, I want to, I want to save this, you know, or like I told Andy, we need to pull the audio out of it and put it in, um, put it in a listen to the prophets. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, yes, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? And I told you that Andy got me the Clem Fandango T-shirt too. You didn't get me nothing. Aw, <laughs> Andy loves you and not me. Talking about who is what? Who is the person that you're talking about? It's the actor that he plays on Discovery as a character named Ash Tyler. I won't say what else he plays because I don't want to spoil it in case you ever watch it. Not that you will. But anyway, he plays a- Ash Tyler, but but Andy first... Toast of the town. Uh, uh, toast. I think it's Toast of London. Oh, yeah, Toast of London. He plays a, like a guy in a sound booth, and every time he talks to the guy doing the voiceover stuff, he always says... Uh, this is Clem Fandango, can you hear me? Yeah, but like, but Stephen, he's like, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango, can you hear me? And the, and the guy always says, yes, Clem Fandango, I can hear you. But, but he then, says like, it in different ways. It goes on and on and on. But then like 10 seconds later, he just spoke to him and he says, Stephen, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Yes, Clem Fandango, I can hear you. <laughs> there's there's a, uh, a YouTube clip where they cut out all like those scenes and it's just hilarious. So that became a big thing on, uh, on Listen to the Prophets when we first signed in. Yeah, can everybody hear me? Yes, Clem Fandango, I can hear you. <laughs> So now Andy got the actor who does it on the show to say, hey, Bill, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? He does this on Discovery? No, it's on no, a show he... called Toast of London, but he's oh. an actor who's from Discovery also. Oh, okay. Now I got and it. Okay. Andy saw him at like a London comic convention and got him to actually do a, do a video saying, Bill, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? And he does that thing with his face at the end. If you watch the video again, Paul, he actually does... Like the thing he does in the show, like with his lips, he just kind of gets like a flat face and just stares for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you, Scott, you should just watch the YouTube video of of the Clem Fandango thing because it is funny. Because the guy, the guy who he's always asking, "Can you hear me?" He gets so frustrated because it happens again and again and again, and it just becomes hilarious after a while. But we should start recording because I know you want to get done. And yeah, I, I, want I already to delayed you later than we... What's that? <laughs> I want to get to bed is what I yeah, want. Yeah, I know. So let's let's get started because I don't want to hold right, you up. Yeah. I know, and I know what love... it's like to want to be done. <laughs> also, quick while Scott's doing that. So what did you think of... Uh, so what did you think of the night first 19 minutes of that video? What I they thought they were too harsh. Time? They I, are kind of harsh I thought they sometimes. were way too harsh, actually. I, I've never watched that particular show before. So I don't know if that's their uh, normal personas. I mean, I understand the criticism. In fact, I think Scott would probably agree with a lot of the criticism. But they were just dismissing it out of hand on the uh, Picard trailer. They were dismissing it out of hand because uh, they showed some action in the trailer. Mm. I'm going to shock probably the both of you, I would imagine, with this statement. But uh, 
I have not seen the entire trailer. As a matter of fact, I think it popped up. You know, like how those those moving videos pop up on Facebook, you know, and there's no sound unless you touch the thing yeah, and, and make mean. the sound come on. I one of those I think is what it was, and it was the Picard trailer. And I was scrolling past it, and I watched just enough of it that it got to the part where it showed seven, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, it's seven! So I might actually check that show out. I up till that point I had zero interest in this. Well, the, the criticism but, that they gave, I think you would agree with, because I think it's your criticism of a lot of the more recent Star Trek stuff that they said it. You know, they they thought it, they expected it to be a thoughtful show with a science fiction premise about Picard in retirement and where he goes from there. You know, living on a vineyard and all of this shit. And and then they have a trailer that's action packed, and they they think they're gonna forego the character moments in the science fiction for action. That's their Probably. take on the trailer. And if that's the case, I think you would agree with that criticism. Yeah. But I, I would. I, I, I if, as long as there's science fiction and character mixed in with the action, I prefer it that way. I, I don't want it to just be boring. This is, yeah, well, that that's sort of what I was just going to say, is that this may make me out to be a complete hypocrite. Yeah, well, here's here's the difference. I, what I was going to say was, I always thought that Next Gen actually needed a, a serious action shot in the arm. But, however, I don't want that to come at, at the expense of Star Trek, meaning the, the cerebral, thoughtful, you know, make me chew on something Star Trek. If it's just going to be a brainless actioner like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, then I'd rather they just didn't fucking bother, you know? But if it's going to still be, you know, the Star Trek that we've all know, you know, come to know and love, but they're going to jazz it up a bit with a bit more action and, you know, a little more money spent on the special effects and, you know, blowing some more shit up, I'm all bored with that because I, I think I think Star Trek needs to be a little more slam. It needs to be a little more Kirk-like, you know? Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't disagree ex- with anything you're saying. Yeah, the Kirk stuff was extremely, you know, thoughtful science fiction. But, you know, ever since they redid the first pilot, I mean, they did it, you know, it, it was foisted upon, you know, Roddenberry, I know, but they did it specifically so, you know, he wound up, you know, in a bare-knuckle fist fight at the end. I, I'm all for that. Smart science fiction and some fisticuffs and explosions? Yeah, all right. That's that's best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. I agree with that 100%. I don't want pure action and nothing else. I have Star Wars for action. I want science fiction in my Star Trek, but I also want some action in my Star Trek, and I want some science fiction in my Star Wars. That's yeah. my, my thing. You know, one of them, you, you can have the focus be different on both of them, but I want them to bleed over. I want there to be a Venn diagram where they meet. I will, uh, I will recommend a video for you guys if you haven't seen it already. It's on the, the Red Letter Media. Um, I think that's it's just the guys Red Letter. We were, that's, the guy, that's the one I told... Uh, that's the one that uh, they just did. They just covered the Picard trailer, and that's what I was telling Paul to watch. Oh, is that what, okay? Yeah. I need, okay, I need to watch that then. Did you watch the one of them speculating about the, the, Rise the last of Skywalker Star Wars movie? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You did watch it? Yes, yes. What do you think about his his idea of what might happen? Time travel, you mean? Yeah. Uh, uh Hmm. I don't know about that. I think that's a. I think that's a deal breaker. I think people are gonna go like, "What the?" F-? 
No, I'm just, yeah, I I agree with that, but I think his theory holds some serious water. Some way to bring back all the old stuff, yeah. I think he might be onto something. It would not surprise me at all if that's the direction they end up going. It really would not. And I'm with you. I think think it would be a serious deal breaker depending on how it's done, but... I I watched another one today that referenced the Red Letter Media guys, uh, World Class Bullshitters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's the the name of the site. And they're on YouTube, and he was talking about their take on it and, and about the time travel and kind of going a little further in depth of, like, why they needed because they killed off Han Solo, they killed off Luke Skywalker, you know, what are, you know, and how the second movie ended kind of not really on a high note, but it didn't end like Empire, and whereas Empire, everybody was down. So the third movie was something to look forward to and to raise spirits and in the trilogy. Right. And it's like, what do you got in the last movie? What are you going to well, do? Here's, here's the here's thing. all if, your old favorites. Look, they're all back. Time if, travel. If they do it, if they do it, there's going to have to be some way that they do it. But, but you know, they only go back basically, you know, to, to undo Last Jedi. Because I'll tell you right now, there's no fucking way they're getting Harrison Ford back. There's no, I don't think there's enough money in Hollywood to get him back at this point. He is done. That man never wanted to come back to begin with. He only came back to collect a big fat paycheck with lots of zeros at the end of it. He is not coming back. So, you know. Well, somebody that, was mum. One of the things they mentioned in the world class bullshitters thing. I guess there's a shot in, and I don't know where. They didn't show it, but I guess there's a picture of the Millennium Falcon back with the circular radar dish. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I, so I did, I'm like, I didn't ah. bother to look it up, but I'm trusting him. But that, that could have just been a flub. But that would be a pretty serious flub to do. But I don't. Whatever, we'll see. But right. the other crux of it was like, how soon the movie until it comes out, and like, there's not a lot of like, there's not the buzz and the excitement like for Force Awakens. Like people are just like, yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I'll be honest right now. I, I don't plan to go see it. It's going to have to have some serious buzz by by people whose opinion I really, really trust in order for me to to shell out to see it. Because I'm after the last movie, I am officially done. Because that that movie just, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't need any more. I, I never needed the two that we got. So. I, I definitely don't need any more of the same. But if I hear good things, you know, especially if if they, you know, if they somehow miraculously pull it out of their ass. But that's the thing. I, I have no faith that they're going to. I have no faith in the people that are actually producing the movie. You know, if it was if it was a different team that said, you know, hey, you know, we know that. You know, this movie was extremely polarizing, and we're going to try to, you know, p- pull it all back and, and save it with this last... I, you know, I might feel differently, but just given who's involved, I for all the stuff I am excited about with, with the new announcements with the MCU, I, I'm actually twice as nervous as I am excited because they have done such a flawless job up till now. You know, there, there has not been a, <clears throat> a single movie that I actively disliked or, or thought was a fit, but some of the direction they're going is a little frightening because, you know, 
I, if I you ask me, the next phase is nothing but a cash grab to push everybody to the streaming service. Because other than the Doctor Strange movie uh, that's going to feature the Scarlet Witch as well, there's really no Avengers in any of these upcoming movies. They're all there's, on the streaming yeah. service. Just even, even taking it away from that, I just feel like there's nothing on there's nothing on the list where I think, wow, I can't wait for that. Maybe Doctor Strange and the oh, Multiverse okay. of Madness. I like the I title. I will see just about anything on the list. That doesn't mean I'm like, like, like chomping at the bit, though. Yeah. There's nothing on there where I think, you know, like if there was a new Captain America movie, I would be excited about it. If there was even a, you know, obviously we know when I get a new Iron Man movie. If there was a new Avengers movie, I'd be excited. But there's nothing on there. If there was a character that just... You know, Fantastic Four, something from the X-Men, something to get me excited. There's nothing on this list where I think, oh my god, I can't wait for that. Chang-Chi is probably the biggest mm, thing to look yeah, forward to for me. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that's, you know, oh, that could be cool. Because I think they'll play him up in kind of a James Bond style, and, I, and I, I'll enjoy that. But there's nothing that it's like, oh, this, this can't miss. But we I'm should talk to, to Burning Earth, otherwise we're never going to get done. I was just trying to pull up a. I kept pulling up all these fake things for the. Okay, here it is, right here. Yeah, you know, looking at the list that that was released, I, I gotta sort of agree with you because all the things I'm most excited about are on the are on the streaming service. They're not the actual movies. All those, you know, again, some of the movies could be excellent, but they're yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's not that it's not that I look at it and think, "Oh, this is going to be shit." But there's nothing that really just makes me get pumped. There's yeah. yeah I'll, I'll agree with that, and I'll go one step farther. There's not only is there not anything that really gets me pumped theatrically. There's a number of them I just look at and go, "Oh no," you know. <laughs> yeah, but we thought that about the, Guardians. The, the one too. that what's that? Yeah, but didn't we think that about Guardians? But we had no expectations for Guardians. I I know I didn't. Right. Well, so, the one the one know, that uh, the one that is Guardians like in my expectation is the Eternals. Right. Mm. You know, it, it feels similar going into it. Like, really, that you know, is that something they're gonna? Yeah, but the Eternals are pretty stuffy. Like I've always cons- right. they've always felt like a stuff like 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 akin to the Greek gods, which which yeah, you know, I know that's what they're molded after, but. I don't know how if that's I I I don't know if sassing them up. I mean, the only one that was ever that ever had a um, uh uh yeah okay anyway would be Cersei. You right. know that 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 had a personality. Yeah, I don't know enough about them. I'll be honest. You know, and she was in the Avengers during the uh, the brown the 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 leather jacket years. So. Is the Hawkeye show actually going to have what's his face, Jeremy Renner? He's going to be training his daughter. Ah, uh, okay. So it's a, it'll be a legacy. Uh, that's what I understand. But yeah, but all those don't even come out right away. Those are going to be farmed out, you know, because they want to hook you in. I mean, hey, it's a business model. Uh, right. I'm. I mean, I might bite down the road, but I'm not going to be there day one, ready for Disney streaming. Depends, app. I can't depends afford on what, It depends app. on what they have on it initially. Because I'm ready to cancel out of Netflix and go over to, to the Disney app if there's enough pro- product there. Because then I, I won't I won't be getting a hit from that, so I'll be okay with it. Mm. Right. But we'll see. Well, I'm with Paul. We need to we need to yeah. don't dive into this. 
Yeah, so you want to bring us in? Do I? Anybody, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and I'm here with Scott Gardner and Bill Robinson. What's up, guys? Are we recording now? Of course we are. Oh, sorry, I was rebooting. I was rebooting. <laughs> You're a dork. You're an idiot. It would have been rude. You're the guy from, uh, what was the, uh, Stop That Pigeon. There was the guy who spoke like that. Oh, I thought he was doing the computer wore tennis shoes, but either one. Either one works. Or it could be Avery like Schreiber, the comedian. He used to do a thing where he pretended to be a computer, and he'd spit out a little piece of paper like it was a printout. I saw something with him the other day, and I was like, oh, Avery Shriver, you know, when's the last time I ever thought was, or heard of him, and here you go, black. He was, he was in the uh, right comedy out. group with the, it was Burns and Shriver. Was he the, the, the Doritos guy? Yes. The Doritos pitch man? Yep. Okay, yeah, now I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yep. He used to be on Match Game every now and again. Yep. 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 Okay. I understood that reference. <laughs> so we're here today to look at the final issue of The Burning Earth. What'd you guys think? <laughs> what? Do we have a summary? Does anybody have a summary? Anyone? Anyone at all? Uh, the crew, they're, they're inside Skynet. Oh, you know, they Bill, Bill, they stop. Are you stop, serious? Stop, nobody Bill. did a, Nobody did a... Stop, Bill. So this is written by Ron Fortier, it's illustrated by Alexander Ross, lettered by Patrick Williams, edited by Catherine Llewellyn, art director Michelle Mock, and editor-in-chief Tony Caputo. The story Don't opens up... <laughs> what? <laughs> you said Michelle Mock, and I said, Don't mock me. I, I see, you should have gone for the end... Uh, not the end game, the uh, Infinity uh, War, and because you mocking me? <laughs> Are so, you mocking me? <laughs> chapter 5 is titled The Heart of Skynet, and it opens up with our band of heroes entering Skynet, the belly of the beast, as they call it. So they're, they're on a mission to destroy Skynet, and as they're making their way through, once again, they're, they're seeing images that probably shouldn't exist in a computerized world. But they're going through the, the belly of the beast, and as they do, a crew of Terminators come out, all wearing sunglasses, and they they're get into Corey a Hart. firefight. Hmm? They're all Corey Hart. Yeah, that's it. They get into a firefight, ultimately with John Connor throwing a uh, thro throwing some sort of a thermal bomb bomb at them, and one of the one of the Terminators, the female Terminator, catches it, and it explodes. Destroying a large group of them, but one that is eventually going to be replaced by a follow-up crew. Uh, we cut from there to an area where the other half of the band of heroes is looking to destroy the power uh, generator for the uh, Terminators. And they note that the uh, area is severely guarded and there's really not a lot they can do until they notice that there's a large gun... And it's on a mountain, so that if they can get to the gun, they could shoot at the mountain and have a uh, landslide destroy the uh, area. Cut back to cut back to our first crew, who are battling with the Terminators again, and ultimately feeling like they uh, they need the other crew to succeed, or they're going to be doomed. They make their way over to a Skywalk. And they're in the area with the CPUs, and you once again see the uh, 
Terminator temps walking around at the bottom. <laughs> cut cut back to the uh, to the rebel crew that's at the power station. Uh, they're they're there with the uh, Battlestar like Galactica. <laughs> they're with the Battlestar Galactica Terminators, and and they dis they uh, distract them by throwing hitting one in the head with a rock. And they really remind me of the. Uh, Star Wars Clone Wars uh, droids, you know, the ones that are saying Roger, Roger all the time. <laughs> Up there! So, while they're distracted, uh, one of them makes her way over to the giant cannon, shoots at the rocks, which causes the landslide, and that is timed with the other heroes who are in the CPU and just about to get killed by the uh, Terminator temps, but the rock slide kills the power, and the power goes off in the Terminator, which is demonstrated by the red eyes going dark. Mm -hmm. So they finally feel like they have success. They're all happy and they're celebrating, but the final panel shows the Terminator as light. Uh, the light, the eyes in the, in the, the Terminator, the Terminator's eyes reigniting. It's called battery backup, bitch. Yeah, we've seen, we saw it in, in T2, for what it's worth, uh, but that had not been done yet at this point. So that's yeah, but, uh, but John Connor took him out because he swung down and shot the one view screen and it just took out the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, so the way this story plays out, uh, they effectively destroyed the CPU. Now, the idea is that they destroyed the CPU. They needed the power to shut off for the CPU to be destroyed because otherwise the Terminators were going to kill them. They turned mm -hmm. off the power. That shut down the Terminators temporarily. Then they destroyed the CPU. So when the Terminator repowers up, there's, I guess they're telling us what seemed to be obvious to me is that the central nervous system, if you will, of this computer would have had a backup somewhere. It's kind of like Ultron. Mm -hmm. you, you destroy Ultron and he recreates himself eventually because he's always got his program backed up onto some you know, flash drive somewhere. Yeah. Any good... Central computer always has a backup file. So, really, what we you know what we get here is a small victory in a war that's going to continue. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you notice that the uh, the Terminatrix that catches the thermal grenade or whatever is the one from uh, a few issues back to when she killed? It's the it's the Sydney Crawford ter Terminator. Yeah, it's the one that was Mal on the cover yeah. of issue yeah, two, yeah. I think. Aurora. Yeah, Aurora. Yeah. The heck was that? That was my Snapple. Oh. It's not even piss warm. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Mm, so I, I got. Some, I I have some do. Since you guys were were commenting on it, I mean, I know this is jumping to the very end of the story, but my biggest question with this is. All right, so you have the part where they, they break into the facility. They're at the CPU. John is lowered down off the catwalk. He's off the catwalk, yeah. He shakes the catwalk. his little we're supposed, <laughs> we're supposed to believe that he's face-to-face -face with Skynet, that this blue screen he's looking at essentially is Skynet or Skynet's brain. He shoots it. He falls. He has a Terminator with its gun in his face about to shoot him. And then the Terminators all go dark. So he was saved because he destroyed Skynet. But my question is, why are these Terminators tied into Skynet at all? I mean, if that were, if that were true, if Skynet was actually controlling the Terminators, 
then the whole story of the first movie doesn't make any sense because he, the one that goes back in time, actually all the ones we see go back in time in all the Terminator movies are autonomous units. They're not controlled by and, Skynet. And they would all Can be coming to a time when Skynet did not exist yet. Can right. I answer that? Good point. How are you going to answer that, Bill? Go ahead. I'm, I'm interested. Well, all the ones that are inside the Skynet mountain are on Wi-Fi. <laughs> Well, you know, you you joke, but I wonder if that's you know if that's what's supposed in to be going to, on to here. In order to conserve resources, they're on like a local Wi-Fi. The ones that travel back in time and are autonomous outside the mountain probably have their own internal programming to follow. He, how about this for a, a, an explanation? And I, Bill, you, your, yours actually has some merit to it, so I don't mean to just dismiss it. But no. how about how about this? Uh, the people who destroyed Skynet purportedly are just mistaken. That's why the, the Terminator at the end is able to light, his eye is already able to light up and the threat is going to continue because they are autonomous. The only reason they shut down wasn't because he destroyed the screen, it was because they destroyed the power station and he was temporarily, or the Terminators were temporarily without power. Mm -hmm. So they needed Possibly, to switch yeah. over from whatever power source they had to their internal batteries. And once they did that, that's when the lights went back on. And yeah, now they while, they, while they're like on internal power, power, while they're on internal power, they can recreate whatever uh, source of power that they had, and then they become just as big a threat as they ever were. But mm -hmm. why would why would these terminators be powered by like a power station or something, and the ones that came back through time? Uh, again, are autonomous. Well, we don't know what point in time the uh, other ones came back from. It may be later than this. But I, I, I agree that it, it is somewhat incredulous that they wouldn't be on automated power right from the start. That I could see them having to recharge sometimes, but they shouldn't be like on a, on a uh, you know, they shouldn't be plugged into an outlet. Because didn't, uh, right. was it in Terminator 3, didn't, uh, didn't Arnold blow himself up to take out the Terminatrix? Uh, well, I mean, I could be wrong, but like I remember. His internal power I remember. I remember one of the novels. You know, one of the novelizations of one of the films talks about what powers the Terminator, and I want to say it's the very first one. Now, I, I know that that's a book, and books aren't considered canon necessarily, but since so much of the novel, you know, what is in the novelization of the, the first film actually was incorporated into um, Terminator 2, I, I can't help but think that, you know, a, a lot of it was as it was, you know, given to whoever wrote the novelization from James Cameron. And I, I'm almost positive it's that first novelization that talks about the fact that uh, the Terminator uh, essentially was going to live for something like a century and a half. Or live! You know, whether, whether it completed its mission or not, because it, it was basically uh, being fueled by a miniature like nuclear reactor. Right. Well, that all sounds accurate. you got to keep in mind, though, as they were writing this particular story, as Ron Fortier was writing this story, he had none of that. Apparently, mm. all he had well, was he would have had the, the first movie. But that's all he had was the first, well, the first movie and I guess the novelization. But uh, in the afterword in the trade, Alex Ross writes the afterword, and he says they did not know they were making a Terminator 2. 
that that at the time, if if he's to be believed, at the time they thought it was a one and done movie. Right. So you have the trade. Yeah. That's oh, what good. I. That's what I'm working off of. You can well. solve a mystery for me then, because I tried to get a copy of the trade in time for covering this, and I wasn't able to score one. But uh, I'm curious if the trade corrects a huge problem that this issue has where the dialogue on two pages is actually transposed in this. Was that so, did we go over that last time? Well, in that I, in that issue in particular? We did talk it, it about was, it and I don't think uh, it, I think we were reading from the trade and I think it's It wasn't in the last issue though. I, I mentioned the last episode that I was gonna talk about that that happened in, in this issue, but we didn't actually cover it. Okay, could you do you remember where it is? Because I'll look yep, I sure do. It's with the truck, right? Where it's driving what the truck driving towards the hunter killer or something the truck uh, a pickup truck no are you talking the last issue uh, no, no i thought it was earlier on in the series that where the you're saying it's in was... the last issue scott I, I don't know what bill's talking about i'm talking no, just about ignore the bill, that, please the issue that we're covering right now there are <laughs> yes. two pages that have transposed dialogue where is it so Page three. Now I'm I'm looking at the com the individual issue. Right. So page, page three of the individual issue. They walk into it looks like the situation room or whatever this is supposed to be right. with the big maps up on the wall. Uh-huh. And you've got the girl kind of looking back over her shoulder. Yeah. Now, now that, that the, Madre de Dios is coming out of the guy in front of her. At least okay, that's the way the so word balloon is on mine. That's what it says in that's what it says in your issue. Yeah, it has the word. The word balloon is kind of in between the two of them. The the you know the pointy arrow coming from the word balloon, but it's clearly the words are coming out of the guy in front of him. And then of, the next the, person saying some kind of war room. Yeah. Okay, so in the individual issue, I don't know if you have a scan of this or you have a, a paper copy of the individual issue, but I in don't. the individual issue, on page three, the page that we're looking at, the correct dialogue for that page is actually on page five and the correct dialogue for page five is on page three the actual words the word the word balloons and the, the placement of the balloons is correct for if they were on the right page then the placement would be correct if, if i'm making sense so so, so the, the words madre de dios what does this place bear is actually on page five in the individual issue correct that's weird and, and because the word balloons are in the correct place for the page that they're supposed to be on, they're in weird places on the pages that they actually are on. So you've got panels with no dialogue, and then you've got word balloons floating in the air that are not connected to anybody speaking, and it's confusing as shit, because you're looking at it going, who the hell's talking? And that's where I realized... I don't know how I ciphered this out, but uh, eventually I realized this dialogue does not go with this page. Because I, I, when I first got to page three, the first time I read this, I puzzled over this. Who the hell is talking? Because none of the word balloons are pointed at any... The, the word balloons are literally hanging in the air. So when you flip to page three, and again, I'm talking the single issue, uh, you know, the original issue five as released on the stands. The very first panel... Uh, Bill, are you looking at this? Um, no, because I found out, I went back to issue one, the individual issue, and we had a place where, where two pages were flipped out of order, where a truck blows up a hunter killer. Right. 
and right, then falls you're... on it, and then I'm like, that's, and then like the next page, right. the truck is back, shoots it. So like they had these. This isn't the first time they've they've had a printing error or a screw up. Exactly. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Those print those pages were printed out of order. What this is, the pages are in order, but the wrong dialogue wrong dialogue balloons mm. are, are on the wrong pages. Yeah. Paul put in the chat what the correct one is. And it's it's. I mean, it's just. It's so jarring. Yeah, I can um, see where that totally takes you out of the story. It it totally did because it, I'm I, I was lost. I'm going, what the hell is what? This dialogue makes no sense because you go from page two, where there's nothing about a girl at all, and then you go to the next page, and the very first dialogue box, which again is not pointing to a person, says, "Is she for real?" And I'm like, "She she who?" Who are they talking? Who is speaking, and what are they talking? About? And that's where it, it, it really threw me. So then you you go to page four, and everything matches up on that page. But now you're a little thrown off. Like uh, that last page just made. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, page and five get, should have your sheet for real. And yeah, exactly. And then you get to page five, and now all the dialogue again. You've got two wordless balloons. Right, excuse me, wordless panels, rather, where people are shooting and then looking at each other. And then the next panel, where the Terminator's, the, the female Terminator's being hit in the chest, it looks like the girl standing there is saying, Madre de Dios. And I'm like, what, what the hell? This <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, that's very weird. It, yeah, it, I mean, it totally threw me. So Clearly, it's a printing error, but that's, yeah, you know, ed editorial but, should be, you know, that's that's pretty bad. It's really bad, yeah, and it and it really affected my my reading and, and comprehension of this issue until I realized what the error was. So then I literally mm. had to keep flipping back and forth pages to to cipher out the story and and what you know the proper placement of the dialogue. It was really confusing. I mean, this had to be you know very embarrassing for them, you know, if people wrote in confused mm. about this and, and whatever. I mean, I'm glad they corrected it in the trade, at least. But I'll yeah. have to dig out my original trade and see, like, the original printing trade I got, see if it's in there, too. Now, but here's the funny right thing. Now. I, when I, when I discovered this error, I could be wrong, but I don't think I'd ever seen this type of error before. If, if I did, I had no memory of it. So, for all intents and purposes, this was the first time I'd ever seen this particular type of of printing error before where the where the word balloons were on the wrong pages. I'd never seen that before. Since reading this in, in prep for covering it in these episodes that we've been covering it, I have now spotted it four more times in comics that I've read. Really? Is that <laughs> weird or what? Absolutely. And almost all of them were were recent you know fairly recent back issues of dynamite titles there was a there was a red sonia there was a i think it was a warlord of mars it was just it's weird that all of a sudden i'm seeing it pop up after having gone you know my my whole comic re reading life and never having seen this particular era before now it's popped up four more times that's really weird I agree. That's that's peculiar. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the story and how how it played out? So here's the thing. Um, you know, peek behind the curtain for the listeners. I've actually been in touch with Ron Fortier. Ron Fortier and I have been Facebook friends for a long time. Now, 
I, I say Facebook friends because you know that uh, that's to point out just it, it, it's casual. I mean, we know each other through Facebook, and that's it. We've had a little bit of dialogue back and forth. I don't personally know the guy; he doesn't personally know me. I mean, it's Facebook friends in the strictest sense. But I reached out to him um, after our coverage uh, last time of, of issue four to see if he would be interested in in you know joining us on the show and and having a discussion and everything and he was very very amenable to that but since that time you know episode four has actually come out and now we're at the end of the series and i i gotta be honest i feel weird about it and i told him that when you know when i reached out to him and we had a little dialogue back and forth i told him flat out that i you know i don't want it to be a hit piece but i was I wanted him to know what he was getting into because I told him, frankly, we we just haven't really been digging it, you know. So I wanted him to know coming in, especially if he listens to the episodes, which I have no idea if he has or if he's going to. But I didn't want him to agree to it and then listen to the episodes and be like, these guys are assholes. You know, they hated this. Why do they want, you know, so I didn't want him to think we were setting him up or something. But right. he is amenable to it. He he wants to join us. But also, I just I got the feeling bad because I really do like the guy's writing. I've I've read some of his other stuff, um, in particular um, some of his um, work with uh, with Green Hornet, which is a you know a character I, I kind of dig, and he's very passionate about that character. And I just felt bad that I don't like this more. So well, I you know I I've been thinking about that, and I I was thinking about talking to him about how much creative control he had over this because he may not have he may have right. been kind of given a directive of this is how i want this handled in which case right. i i'm a little less critical of him and more critical of the process you mean much like well, how that, marvel it, was 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 hamstrung by by uh by, lucas yeah exactly right yeah well, I mean that, and that's the approach I want to take. You know, if and when we do get him, that that you know, I, I want it. I want it to be more of a of a sense of you know trying to discover and and you know kind of get the backstory on this and and that sort of thing. But you know, that that said, I just wanted to preface you know my my opinion of this final issue and, and the series as a whole by by saying that. So I you know feeling kind of bad for for being so down on this as we were. Um, as I went in to reread this last issue in prep for tonight's show, I was like. You know, let me see if I can find the positive in this. And and in the beginning of this particular issue, I was actually, you know, despite the dialogue problems and all that, I was kind of digging this and thinking, you know, this all right, it's finally picking up. This issue is actually pretty good, and it's it's going in an interesting way. And we're finally seeing those character moments that I had been bitching about with the other issues and everything. And I felt like, okay, this is actually it's going in a pretty good direction. But then it all. I hate to say it, but it just all kind of falls apart at the end because I think John coming face to face with a, a screen, and that screen is Skynet. I got to be honest, I think that's a little silly. But what's even sillier is he shoots the screen, and that one screen was that all of that was Skynet. So so one computer screen being blown up takes out this entire thing that that was the world threat that, isn't hey, that a little simple it was an it was like one of them hewlett packard all-in-one pcs <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm going back to to my same explanation for it that these rebels if uh, that's not really the right word for them freedom fighters uh they think right. they're destroying skynet but they're not 
They have a small victory in that they temporarily destroy their power station. And that's really all they get. And they destroy this particular, uh, you know, computer CPU. But that doesn't mean there aren't backups. In fact, pretty clear there are backups. I think well, they're overly simplistic that- in their view and they should know better. If if you you know if you play kind of you know with the fact that okay for the for the, the sake of argument let's say this fits into continuity, I guess that kind of works because Reese believed that they had won the war in the future and that's why essentially Skynet did what it did with sending Arnold you know sending the first Terminator back through time in the first movie, so if this is taking place prior to. <coughs> John sending Reese back, then this kind of works into the story because is this the fight that Reese was talking about? Where they think they but, win. Now, is Reese in here? Where they th- I don't, I, been, not uh, that I, I thought no, he was I don't mentioned he early on, but I don't remember 100%. See, I'm trying, I cannot for the life of me remember when this story is taking place in the Terminator timeline. Is this before or after? He has, you know, he's supposed to send Reese back, and I want to say it's after, but I'm with Bill. I, I think Bill's the one that said it. That initially going into this series, he thought that that's what this series, The Burning Earth, was going to be. Was we were going to see that battle, mm-hmm. and that's why I picked up the first issue because I thought the exact same thing. I don't know why I thought that, but I did. Maybe it was something about the way it was solicited or something. I'm not sure, but I did think initially, you know, going into this series, that that's what this was going to be. This was going to be the story of them going to the the you know the big battle where they took out what did what did Reese call it the defense grid. Their defense grid was smashed. We'd won mm-hmm. and all that. So I thought that's what this was, and of course that's not what it turns out to be. Or is it? Because at well, the end, it, yeah, because, it could kind of tie into it. it, it yeah, it because they that. thought they had won, and then, you know, it was like its last-ditch Hail Mary play to send back, you know, to send back a ter- Terminator. So I found, under the Terminator wiki page, a section on a power cell. It says, combat situations notwithstanding, the T-800 has a functional period of 120 years on one power cell. I was about right. This small, compact nuclear power cell is located in the same approximate position as the human heart and is shielded in a case-hardened subassembly inside the triple-armored hyperalloy torso. A powerful enough shot directly hitting its power cell would disable the unit. Ah, bullshit. Could could this be them playing uh, possum? Oh, look, you've defeated us. You could let your guard down now. And then they launch their time travel thing afterward, you know. But here here's my I thought of that too, but here's my argument against that is they they have him. I mean, this terminator has John Connor who is he is prime objective 1 to the terminators. Take out John Connor. That that is their primary mission. They've got him. Do he's, they know that at a, this point? Oh, absolutely. Because we don't know where we are in the timeline again. Maybe the Terminators aren't don't realize it yet. Uh, Maybe they're sending Terminators back in time from a point five years after this. Yeah, you know, I hadn't... Yeah, I, okay, I had not thought of that. You could be right, that at this point they don't know who John is. 
Mm. I don't know. You don't, know, I mean, we're just kind of no prizing everything away here. I don't but, know that, that any of that now, holds water. No, now, I, I, no, I actually, I think you might be onto something. That that actually makes a certain amount of sense because my, what what I was getting at was wh- why, why would they put, why would they stop at this point? He's got him dead to rights. He's on the floor, gun in his face. All he, all that Terminator has to do is pull the trigger, and they win. They take out their primary objective, which is John Connor. So your explanation actually makes more sense that they don't know who John is yet. They, they don't know. He's not primary objective one yet because they don't, they don't know who he is. But now that his face, his face is on the screen. Now I, you could say that's a reflection, but I think it's actually a video. It's actually, it's showing him in the screen that now Skynet knows who he is and has his picture. Ah, that's it. And knows yeah. what target to go after. So this could take place in between Terminator movie and when they actually send the Terminators back. Absolutely. It it certainly makes more sense that way. That's yeah. you know that's if they're playing possum. If they're not playing possum, then somehow they got a small their small victory somehow did shut down temporarily these Terminators. Right. I, although it's, it does seem a little incredulous that they'd be able to, because well, I think, the power sources I think, that they have, just just seem a little you know it's a little much that that you you destroy a power plant however many miles away and that they all just automatically shut down. Right. Unless, I mean, it it. The only thing I can come up with is that obvious. it could. I was just gonna say it seems obvious, you know, in the face of. Terminator 2 that Reese unfortunately had to be mistaken. He had to be wrong that they'd actually won the war. They may have won a victory which from his perspective looked like they had won the war, but clearly they couldn't have won the war if the uh if Skynet managed to send uh you know two terminators back especially uh, even, you know, because he said something about after he was coming back, now he would have no way of knowing this, of course, but he he said that after he came back following the Arnold Terminator, the first one, that they were going to blow the entire joint. Well, they may or may not have done that. He has no way to confirm that. So that's just a supposition on his part. But then, you know, on top of that is the fact that then two more Terminators come back in T2. We've got the T-1000 and then another Arnold Terminator come back. So that's either another time displacement facility or they, for some reason, they didn't defeat Skynet and Skynet was able to continue to send Terminators back. You know, that we could get into a whole discussion on that, you know, thing. It's kind of besides the point. But my, my point is, is that I, you know, I think just the fact that they're, you know, that T2 exists as a, as a film and as a story kind of puts the lie to what, uh, what Reese assumed that, you know, that they had won the war. I don't, I, they could, clearly they couldn't have defeated their enemy because it, their, their con- enemy continued to operate. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Strangely, the ending of this, uh, you know, I, I, I got to be honest, I, I wasn't crazy about the ending of this initially reading it, but I don't know, it, it actually does kind of tie in. I think it's unintentional, you know, the way it ties in, but it, it kind of fits. Well, two things I just found, um, it says, well, one, 
this takes place in 2041. Um, oh, that's it, way beyond. Yeah, and then it also says the final scene of the series suggests either that Skynet's destruction is not com- is not complete, or that a number of Terminators could act independently. Uh, well, that's a poorly word. Other than that. There was never an official follow-up to the story. So it, it's even inconclusive here. I mean, it seems like it happens later. And it talks about the reason, like, some of why the some of the Terminators look kind of like Cylons, because they think Skynet was running low on resources. That, that's saying that's a possibility that... Um, uh, the evidence seems to support the... Okay. They appear to be considerably weaker than other Terminators as they are easily destroyed by an impact from a fast-moving car or pickup, not as good at climbing, and are completely destroyed by high fall. The heavy use of these Terminators can indicate that Skynet was beginning to run low on resources and could not produce as many high-quality endoskeletons as, be- endoskeletons as before. So it would have uh, made more sense for the story if the Terminators that shut down were those Cylon Terminators because they are made differently and, you know, clearly trying to save resources. So, therefore, they could be directly linked in a way that the independent Terminators are not. So it would make and, more story sense that way. And, and, and it also says that the reason most of the t- traditional Terminators were used, you know, that it was trying to protect itself by using the traditional Terminators, even, it says, even including the faulty Aurora model that it was it was trying to trying to protect itself as best it could with its best uh, assets and that the stuff out in the field was just cannon fodder because it's all I guess it could muster so I Maybe guess this happens muster, later mm, that's right hmm so yeah it's it's there are some you know I always say, whenever you get a time travel movie, you're going to have some faulty moments. You see those oh. pages? Yeah, yeah. You see what I was talking about? You know what? I think this is in my trade, because that looks familiar. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. Oh, yeah. That is not in my trade. The the original printing trade that I got, I think it's... That's that, terrible. Yeah. That really is... I mean, I don't. I don't know if... It's possible that they were uh, farming out the printing to somebody else because now comics isn't exactly a, a you know a big company, right? So that's possible that that some this is somebody else's fault, but just the same, it's do you it's, see it's how embarrassment? And I, I, I don't see how the word balloons are in the mm-hmm. right place. They're in just the right on place, the wrong page. Yeah, yeah. They're printing in the wrong place. Exactly. I would I would have a tough time with this. I, I I don't know if I would have been as good as you at actually s- deciphering what what was intended. Well, it was it was more of a of a process of going. Am, am I am I seeing what I think I'm? Seeing? I mean, I was just I was so dumbstruck by this. Like, wait, this, I can't possibly be. And it was flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth that I I realized, holy shit, th- this really is what it what I think I'm seeing, that these word balloons are, are flip-flopped. They're in the right place on the wrong pages. And I was just... I mean, was I'm, I'm going to be curious like, when we talk to Ron Fortier as to how he reacted to this, because this had to be... you know, I'm sure these guys put their heart and soul into this stuff when they're doing it. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you see yeah. your, your work just handled so sloppily it's it's got to be very very frustrating. 
Now, I wonder if that plays in at all to something that we have not talked about yet. If you go all the way back to the cover. The, which we did cover? Not, the cover to this issue? Cover this, this single issue. We did not talk about the hidden message that... Uh, I, I'm presuming that it was Alex Ross that put this in because it's his artwork on the cover. You guys know about the hidden message? Chewbacca so, does. <laughs> so the cover image on this is we are we are seeing from the Terminator's perspective. So we're getting that that cool red tinted with the reticle and everything, and it's it's a Terminator. It's the Terminator endoskeleton with its. Uh, hand around John Connor's throat and then like in the movies and everything there's there's the computer type code on the side and on the bottom and it's just really just a mix of numbers and letters that are kind of nonsensical but if you go about (laughs) a third of the way down on this on the scroll that's on the left hand or excuse me right hand side of the page you have three lines that are mixed in with all this other code. And the first one is W, and there's a couple of spaces, O-N. And then you've got an X-I space, M-O-C. And then the next one down is Z-O and a couple of spaces, and then L-B. And then it just continues with numbers and letters. So if you were to look at this image in a mirror, those three lines that are kind now of comics, more or less in the center. Comics now comics blows. blows. Wow. <laughs> Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, he, he apparently was not because it was the other message on one of the other covers. There was a uh, a dig it now comics. Was there on one of the other ones? I think it was the one with the female Terminator. I'm going. I'm paging back to find that. Well, it had the thing. Well, that, well the, that one of them said annihilate. Annihilate. Yeah. Which. Yeah. That's what it oh, was. Oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. not it. There was another Now, I, I know in one of the earlier episodes we found something where he took a pot shot at Now Comics. and we Because and, I remember our comments were, wow, this is a guy who's just starting in the comics industry and he's already, you know, biting the hand that's feeding him. <laughs> well, I wonder if there's something on the first thing, too, because there's a lot of letters and stuff on the on the side. You know, all of that looks like it's actually printed backwards. I'd be interested to see that image flip-flopped and see if if that makes sense of any... Yeah, because there's a lot of some sort of code or something on that one, too, yeah. And and that makes me... Because I don't yeah. know what Alex Ross's gripe was with Now Comics, but maybe it had something to do with editorial control. Could be. Now, a guy, again, just starting out in the industry should probably just do what they ask him to do and that's it but hey you know what <laughs> it's uh you know his 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 star certainly rose after this well i'm Just, wondering what the time would have been between the you know seeing print of that first issue and seeing print of this fifth issue if there was you know if he'd actually seen that first issue prior to doing this cover and this is maybe his commentary on those pages being printed <laughs> out of order or something you know maybe. i don't know yeah i mean i'm not i'm not aware of any other project he did so why does he have this opinion you know why why is he taking this shot i'd be very curious to what the full story is behind that i don't know maybe uh, maybe ron fortier will know if you know if and when we get to talk to him so it'd be that'd be an interesting question to put to him yeah, definitely. Now he may—I don't know if you know if it's if it's going to be a matter of 
uh, public knowledge and he'll have no problem sharing with us or if it's going to be something where it's like a, you know, something, you know, where he'd be uh, breaking our confidentiality, in which case I wouldn't even want to ask him to do that. Right. But we could ask and see, you know, see what he see what he feels like sharing with us. I'm curious as to his own reaction as to this, and and I'm, I'd be curious as to how now comics treated them when they were writing these when he was writing these books. You know, he did the two series. Right. He did the series before this as well. So I'm I'm curious as you know what his relationship with him with them was and what sort of editorial mandates he had. So there's a lot to do with that. You know, in addition to things he's done beyond this. So there's definitely a lot of things to talk to him about where we will not be disrespecting him at all. And and to be honest with you, I, I, I don't in any way intend to disrespect him. It's just that I wasn't right. crazy about the writing in this particular story. That's all. Right. Right. I yeah, totally agree with you. There was a there was one more Terminator here it is. <clears throat> it was called Terminator All My Futures Past. It was a two issue series that was another now series uh after this one and i i had never even heard of this until i think it's when we were looking at the wikis or or some fan site or something covering this series the burning earth series that i even learned that this existed um i'm looking here to see who wrote this and i don't see i don't see any credits on it but from what i've heard this really ha- this is basically a standalone series that has no connection um, to Burning Earth or, or even the stuff that, that came prior with uh, you know with the regular series. So, oh, it's uh, it's Chuck Dixon, Chuck Chuck Dixon with writer. I'd be interested to read well, it. It's just yeah, like, because that one says it's it's the events that led up to the original Terminator movie, so it takes place way before. Ah, uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I see that it says. For the movie, a plane crashes in California. A single human survivor lives just long enough to pass secret information to two young boys who have to get to John Connor. Chuck Dixon and Ricardo Villagran. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, I, I never even knew that this existed until, you know, very recently. So, yeah, see, I was curious if there was anything beyond Burning Earth, and, uh, and apparently not. You know, not that you know was part of the the continuity or anything, anyway. So, well, the well, on one of the other shows we talked about the now comics series with the the seventeen issues, and that takes place in twenty thirty one. So that takes place ten years before Burning Earth. And even that, I think, is past the point that Reese would have come back through time because Reese came back in what it was like twenty twenty nine or something like that. Uh, that sounds about right. Hmm. So, one other uh, quick thing ahead. before we get to the grades, like, a quick question for you guys. Um, this cover to this one, I really like the cover on this one, but I'm wondering yes, what. Yes, 2029, sorry. Is that right? Yeah. I got it right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what do you think of, uh, of Sarah Connor drawn with a scruffy mustache and beard on this cover? Because that, that that's what it is. It's photo referenced from uh, what's her name? Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I Linda think he, Hamilton. I think he's been doing that throughout because I, I one of the earlier issues we were looking at his character and we were saying it looked like a a male version of Linda Hamilton. So yep. I think that's been been his constant it, mo here. It's not what she I don't, looks I don't like think now. This, yeah, I don't. Well, <laughs> Sorry. judging Sorry. from the trailer yeah. for the new Terminator movie, I'd yeah, say, Linda, yeah, Linda Hamilton is a male version of Linda Hamilton. <laughs> but uh, 
I I don't think this cover would grab me on the stand. It's it's very well drawn, uh, and I and I like the moodiness of it, but I don't think I'd really get so much what's going on. Yeah. Right. I don't think I'd make the connection that that's John Connor. And the Terminator arm is, you know, like I said, it's well drawn. I just, I, I think conceptually I would have come up with something different. I, I, I almost feel like this series calls for poster images, and that's pretty much what he's done in the other issues. And this this doesn't feel like a poster image so much as it's supposed to feel like a, a tense moment from the story. Right. Well, I did not Do you notice that there's, like, all these hands grabbing the human character, too, like trying to pull him away from the Terminator? Do you see him just, like... Two, oh, yeah. three, like those are not all the person's hands. There's three hands there, at least. Yeah. Right. Mm. No. It's it's definitely like again. I'm just going to stick with it. it's definitely well drawn. So uh, I think we should rate the series as opposed to this issue. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first, or you want to go first? Sure. All right. The covers. Again, again, with the exception of this one, I think they're all kind of poster images. Uh, and I think, again, I think this series with Alex Ross art kind of calls for that, which is usually goes against what I usually think. Uh, I've had some issues with some of the covers. None of those issues have been with the quality of the drawing. Uh, they've been more choice issues. I don't think they've always been the right choices of you know, what kind of layout or, or image to use, but they've all been very, very well drawn. Didn't we really dislike the first one, or I don't remember if I... I mean, that was the one... It was yeah, different. Well, the I, first, I think you know, we were... Sorry, go ahead. The, the, the thing about the first one is I think we came back to it's not really giving you a feel for what's going on inside. I don't know, other than the fact that it's Terminator mm-hmm. and you have that little robot slash in it, uh, I don't know that it would inspire me to want to get it. Right. So I, I think that's that's kind of the the theme that I have going here. Uh, I think they're all well drawn, but I don't know that any of them make me say, "Oh wow, I want to read this series." Uh, the, I would say the weakest of the bunch was issue three, with the arm holding the 1990s gun, uh, and then probably the best one as far as enticing me would be issue four where it has the terminator with the light on him in the skulls but i still am bothered by all that blank space in it so the covers i'm going to give a b minus i think they could be a covers and they're just not quite there for me just more or less like i said based on some of the choices as opposed to the artwork the interior artwork i think we see glimpses of what alex ross is going to become uh, we've had some problems with the storytelling throughout, that it's not smooth uh, as far as just moving the plot along, but everything is pretty well drawn again. Um, sometimes the moodiness works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I think, you know, Alex Ross is, you know, I, we know Alex Ross is going to improve as he goes on. Uh, I think this is this is a B. Uh, it's it's really nice, but it just could be a little better. And story-wise, I don't mind the overall plot. I don't mind the story and where it goes. I think we, you know we've come up with some explanations for how how the 
how it fits into the continuity. Uh, my biggest problem throughout this entire series and this last issue didn't really change it too much is I never felt like I was invested in any of these characters, including John Connor. So, you know, the only reason I have an investment in him is because I know him from the movie or I know of him from the movie because at the point when this came out, we still had never seen John Connor. Uh, he was he was just an you know an idea except for I guess that one cameo See, shot of yeah. him where you just kind of see him uh, as as a scarred adult and that's it. Uh, so you know from 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 a overall perspective of where the story goes, I like it. From a character point of view, I don't. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a C because I'm gonna say it, you know it 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 could be stronger, it could be worse. I'm going to give the series a C plus. Bill? Anybody else? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of like the second issue cover. The, um, the female Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. Now, the third issue, I think, is just like an homage to Aliens. So like, that's Ripley's arm. That's what that gun looks like. But, right. Uh, um... And I think I actually kind of like the first issue more cover more than you did because I thought it was interesting. But yeah, I I do agree it doesn't really convey what's going to be inside. I think the cover for the trade does that better with the which uh, is the like the shot of a Terminator, the backgrounds on fire, skulls, and everything. Um, I guess for I guess a B a B is about right. For the covers, um, the interior art, yeah, like you said, it's you know, Alex Ross is going to be, this is what he's going to become, and we see his uh, how he likes to use real life people for his models, as we picked out a few along the way. Although a couple, uh, I mean, the Jethro Tull one, uh, <laughs> maybe not so quite on model, <laughs> almost to the point of plagiarism, but yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, there was at some points, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say, it, it, it was hard to follow in some points. Now, that might have been because of things being printed out of order by the publisher, but at some points, even the art was hard to figure out, matching, you know, with the dialogue, and, you know, there was the one where they were climbing up the mountain, and, and we couldn't figure out, you know, is that a snake? What is that? Is that a light? Who, who's, who's who? Who jumped where? What's going on? So I think for the interior art, um, it's raw. Alex Ross, I was C plus, B minus. The story, eh, I mean, I think we're a little bit harder on the story because we're trying to figure out where it fits into the greater narrative of the whole Terminator story. Um, so I mean, taking that into account, I I guess it's, I mean. Ah, I guess it's like I, I don't want to make a, a, a like a heavy stance one way or the other. I just got to give it a C, um, and uh, like a C plus, B minus overall for the series. Cool. Um, covers. I really like the covers to uh, issues two, three, and five. Uh, not really crazy at all about the covers to one and three. I just I think they're kind of weak. Um, one is 
interesting. I think maybe if it was recolored, um, just something different done with the color to really better accentuate what it is exactly we're supposed to be seeing here, then it may work and be more effective because, you know, the idea of, you know, of seeing with a thermal dynamic scan that this beautiful woman is not a woman at all, that she's a machine. I think that's an interesting idea. I just don't think it comes off successfully with, with the way that this is depicted. And a lot of that I think has to do with the color. Um, that third cover um, of the entire series, this is the only cover I would actually qualify as weak. I just think it's a weak cover. It just, it, it doesn't, do if it didn't have the banner at the top saying Terminator, I don't think I would associate this with Terminator. I would associate this with aliens if I associated it with anything at all. So it it just fails to really, you know, scream Terminator at me. Whereas the other covers I, I thought were fairly successful. I really liked those covers. Um, interior art. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys on what you said. I mean, there, there's glimpses of the Alex Ross to come, but. At the end of the day, I, I think Alex Ross is great at poster images. I think he's great at, at snapshots, but I don't think he's a very good storyteller. And I think that those deficiencies really uh, come through in, in this particular thing, especially with it being, you know, young, hungry Alex Ross. It, it just... It has a, a rawness to it, which is nice and it's interesting, but I think that this really needed a little more more polished hand, if you know what I mean. Although there, you know, that said, there are a lot of images that that are pretty cool. You know, it has some interesting um, visuals to it, but it, it is extremely hard to follow in some instances. It and it's I, it's not helping the story uh, in a lot of places. So art wise, you know, in, interior art. Um, I'd say like a somewhere between you know B you know C plus B minus somewhere in that range because there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, and then story wise, um, I mean I'm I'm just gonna echo Paul. I wish it had engaged me more on a on a human level, you know, on a on a story, you know, on a, a, a human interest story level because you know there's there's interesting things that happen and I like that it's a continuation of, you know, the Terminator narrative and all that, but I just, I don't identify with anybody in this. There's nobody to root for. I, I can't simply just root for John Connor based on the guy's reputation because again, you have to remember when this is coming out at this point, we had not met John Connor in, in any of the movies or anything. He was just a name to us. We knew that he was, destined to, for greatness and we knew that he was Sarah's and Reese's child and beyond that you really don't know anything about the guy so I, I needed a little bit more I, I just I wish there had been somebody to root for just simply rooting for these people because they're the humans against the machines wasn't quite enough um, I think that's really uh, demonstrated in I think it was the third issue where they're just getting offed left and right and you don't feel anything for them I mean they're just they're just deaths with, with no real emotional impact or connection or whatever. Um, it could be argued that, well, you know, maybe we got to know them in the prior series. But again, I, I, I could be wrong. I'd love to know this. You know, uh, this is a question I definitely want to try to remember to ask 40A if and when we talk to him. Um, was this supposed to be a clean break from that and a, and a jumping on point? Because that's what it feels like to me. 
and I, and I almost feel like that's what it was marketed to be is like here's a, here's a great place to get into this if you're going to get into it. So I I think just that alone uh, does a disservice. Uh, you know if they're they're marketing it that way, but then there's no connection to the characters because well if you were going to get into the characters you should have done that in a prior series. You know what I mean? It just it, it's a disconnect. Mm. Mm-hmm. So story wise. Um, I don't know. That's that's a really tough one. I, I think I'm just going to go to middle of the road C. I you know, there's parts of it I enjoyed. I like what it was trying to do, but ult- ultimately it just it, it fails to kind of emotionally invest me. But it's funny, you know. Before doing this, I, I was looking online to try to find uh, you know other reviews and things like that, and I was looking. I think it was on Amazon uh, at reviews on there from people. And while the reviews were mixed, most of them were very, very positive. But I noticed a, a kind of a, a theme or a trend to the reviews. A lot of them were reviewing it from, you know, I read this as a kid type of thing. Or I read this when I was young, you know, and, and kind of looking back uh, with a certain nostalgia, you know, at, at, a, at a different time in Terminator history. You know, that... that fallow period between the first and second films and with that in mind i mean i i can't fault anybody that that really you know had fond memories of this or grew up with this and, and maybe they haven't read it in a long time and so they're just kind of remembering it that way because i mean that's how i kind of am with with star wars until you know we you know chris honeywell and i sat down and really you know dug through the individual issues uh, you know, one by one, you know, for review purposes, that was kind of how I was with Marvel Star Wars. I just remember, oh, I just, I love that series, you know, but without really critically examining it, you know, and discovering that, yeah, you know, it has its ups and downs as well. And I kind of think maybe that's what's going on with this one is that, you know, for a lot of people, this was kind of their Terminator uh, again in that in that period between the first two movies. So they probably have a lot fonder memories of it and everything because this was that that gap filler between them and this you know what i mean mm-hmm. and kind of filling that kind of place um so i don't want to be overly harsh to it to, you know if it is you know something that's that's held in in great sentimental value to you know people of a, of a certain time period and everything but just for me it just i don't know it, it's hard to put my mind back to that period and uh I have fonder memories of the of the prior series that that seventeen issue series, and even that. I mean, even at the time that was coming out, I, I remember thinking, you know, you know, I I like this because it's more Terminator, but it's not. It was a guilty pleasure. It wasn't really good. It was just, it was there. It was all that we had. You know, this is this is better than that, but not by a lot, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's all, right. all I got. So, yeah, so that's how we'll look at Terminator the Burning Earth. We got through the five issues, and, you know, overall, I'm glad we covered it, and I hope uh, yeah. Ron Fortier doesn't, isn't, isn't offended by the fact <laughs> that we didn't love it. Uh, you know, but I, I certainly would enjoy having a chance to talk to him, and, you know, like you said, it's not going to be a hatchet job where we're looking to attack him. We're just going to try and have a, a very respectful discussion about it with him, and hopefully that works out. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hasta la vista, baby.
Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So, oh, so what is this? Back to the bins? Where are we? We are back to the bins. We are back to the bins. Bum, 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 bum. No, that doesn't work, does it? Not really. Wait, we are binsers. Bum, 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 bum. Like we are farmers. I, I did figure that one out. <laughs> well, I want to make sure that you, you know, you knew what I was talking about. But the bump of the bump, 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 bump doesn't go well, does it? Goes wonderfully. Yeah. Well, then that's it. That's our new theme. All right. You just, you know. We are binsers. Bum, 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 bum. That will be a uh, a bumper. <laughs> no, really? It's all I have is a big giant bumper for you, bumper boy. <laughs>